the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Dear heart, we stand today between the battle and the blessing, and everyone who wins the battle is going to get the blessing. That's Pastor Michael Oxentenko, and this is Reaching Your Heart. Here at Reaching Your Heart, we believe that God answers prayer. If you need prayer, make sure that you call us at 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Someone is there right now to take your prayer request and to pray with you. 888-244-HOPE. Today's message with Pastor Michael Oxentenko is the conclusion to The Battle and the Blessing. That's The Battle and the Blessing, and you can find it online at reachingyourheart.com. Thanks for listening today. Let's get underway with the conclusion to this message. She went down. World-renowned surgeon was there. He was our head elder. And I said, it's time to stop the sermon today, church, and we're falling to our knees. And we began to pray like our lives depended on it because we loved Luella. We wanted Luella to live. I didn't know all the details. I knew it was bad by the look on his face. We paid for over a half an hour, 40 minutes maybe. And then I felt the need and I just said, amen. The prayer was over for good or not. And I remember doctor raising his hands at the back of the church going with a thumb up like this and he looked as white as a sheet. On the way out of the church as I was shaking hands, he said, you know, Mike, God visited us today. She was clinically dead. I'm an expert on death. I know how blood falls from the cranial cavity. I know the signs of it. You don't bring people back after a certain point. The funniest thing about that was there was a testimonial service that I didn't attend. I felt that that was such an important thing that I didn't need to talk about it at that time because I was fearful that people would direct themselves to the miracle instead of the Word of God. As important as a miracle like that is, doesn't it make you feel thrilled to hear something like that? You cannot go by stuff like this. We have to go by the Bible. I'm sorry, I will not use this as an evidence that we're right. It has to be the Bible that's the evidence. You see what I'm trying to say? I ask you the question today that demands the answer from your heart. How important is God's Word in your life, dear heart? How important? Do you read it for life itself? Do you feed on it for the man of God? Do you go where it is studied? Or are you just into religious feelings or music or liturgy for your religious experience? Do you find life from the words of Jesus in the Bible? I ask this question. Revelation 16, 14 says the three demons gather the kings of the world for the battle for the great day of God Almighty. Just before the place is given for the great battle of God Almighty, which is Armageddon, I'm not going to preach about that today specifically. A blessing is pronounced on those who love the truth. So we move from the battle to the blessing in the text. Dear heart, we stand today between the battle and the blessing, and everyone who wins the battle is going to get the blessing. 
So we need to focus now on the blessing. As the battle of Armageddon approaches in the night of the rejection of God's word in the sixth plague, the voice of Jesus calls out to his people in the darkness, and that call backs up into time so that we can hear it now and prepare for the time of darkness. Revelation 16, 15. Now notice the very first word. Behold... I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garments, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. There is the blessing. That's the thing that we must focus on. And dear heart, to take Jesus' words to heart, there is a battle in the soul that must be won or we cannot receive that blessing. When the whole world is plunged into darkness, Jesus says, Behold, I come as a thief. Friend, Jesus is not coming in darkness in a secret kind of rapture. That's the kind of thing that belongs to the beast power. Christ is coming in the glory of his Father, in the light of creation, in triumphal procession. He will pierce the darkness with the light of the second coming. Christ is coming, and the Bible is clear. Every eye will see him in his glory. Revelation 1-7 is integrally and vitally connected to Revelation 16-15. Take your Bibles and thumb to the beginning of the book. We don't need to be confused about his coming here. Revelation 1-7, behold, very similar to the sixth plague blessing. Behold, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, everyone who pierced him, and all the tribes of the earth will well on him. Even so, amen. Friend, Jesus is coming visibly audibly in the clouds in the glory of his father at the last day and so jesus says in revelation 16 15 behold you can't behold something that's secret and couched in darkness can you you can't behold something if it's a secret rapture christ his coming will provide a public and visible display of fire and glory and all the nations of the earth will mourn He will come suddenly like a thief, but he will not come secretly like a coward. Jesus will not elope with his church into the shadows. He will appear in glory for his bride in triumphal procession to his father's house. The doctrine of the secret rapture is a deception in the last days. This teaching does not come from the Bible. It is not coming from Jesus. It is incompatible with the plain reading of the word of God. Revelation 16, 15, Jesus says, Blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garments, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. And that's the spiritual stuff that we need to align with to be ready. This blessing in the sixth plague, friend, is a call for the sleeping church of Sardis. The church of Sardis represents the post-Reformation church that came out of the medieval church that was the church of the reformers that embraced sola scriptura, Righteousness by faith. The Bible is ultimate authority, but they did not continue in the teachings of the Reformation. They were not perfect in their works. And so they fell asleep, the sleeping church of Sardis. And Christ is calling on his church universal, the church that responded to the biblical teachings of the Reformation, to awaken from its slumber and to engage in the study of prophecy that points to him. Look at Revelation 3, verse 2. Church of Sardis. He says, Awake and strengthen what remains is on the point of death. For I have not found your works perfect in the sight of my God. Remember then what you received and heard. You know, if a person will follow the Bible and the teachings of the Reformation, they will keep all of the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. They won't pick and choose what commandment they should keep. The Reformers were on a track to obey God and follow the Word of God. And friends, God's people at the end will complete the work of the Reformation. Remember then what you have received and heard. Keep that and repent. And if you will not awake... I will come like a thief, and you will not know at what hour I will come upon you. 
Friend, we watch for the coming of Christ by studying the Bible and the prophecies that point to his return. We watch by praying in the night for light. We watch by aligning our life to be fully obedient to God and his light. 100% commitment is how we watch. We watch by coming to prayer meeting to grow in the word of God. I mean, God's people will be found where prayer is found. We watch by sharing the Word of God, by getting out and letting people know what we believe, by praying for others, by letting them know that Christ is a vital part of our life. The Bible is a living document for us. Friend, there will be a people in the church who are ignorant of the coming of Christ because they have not diligently studied the Scriptures to show themselves approved. Jesus is coming for a Bible-believing and Bible-obedient people who love Him and who cherish the cross. He is not coming for anything else. So if you're sleeping, it is time to awaken out of that sleep and to get into your Bible and learn the teaching of the three angels' messages of Revelation 14. Now, Revelation 16, 15 again says, Blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garments, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. The sleeping church of Sardis that is not interested in Bible prophecy, that does not study the Bible and keep the things therein, must awaken to be ready for the coming of Christ. Does Christ love the children of the Reformation? Utterly. Does he love the evangelical world? Yes. Does he love Roman Catholic Christians? You better believe it. But in Revelation 3, 4, there are a few in Sardis who have not defiled their white robes. You see, righteousness by faith was given by the Reformation church that awakened the conscience of the church to understand who Jesus is. And thus the white robes started going on people. He says, there's a few still at the time of the end who believe like the reformers that Christ died for our sins and that Christ is all sufficient. In contrast, now here's the contrast. In contrast, the naked church in the book of Revelation is the church of Laodicea that has no white robe. We need the teaching of the Reformation in our church. We need it. You know, the servant of the Lord of this church said that the third angel's message in verity is what Luther and Calvin taught in the teaching of righteousness by faith in the Reformation. You cannot reinvent the apostolic gospel at the time of the end with a moral influence theory or some other thing. It is Christ our righteousness. Christ died for our sins. He was buried. He was raised for our justification, our acceptance before God. That is our right to grow. It is that which warms the heart, as Wesley said, that transforms the life, what Jesus did for me on the cross of Calvary. The Laodicean church doesn't have a robe because it is naked without Christ. Adam and Eve were naked, and they knew that they were naked, but the church of Laodicea does not know that it is naked at the time of the end. It is worse off than Adam and Eve at the fall when God drove them from Eden. The white robe the church of Laodicea needs represents the righteousness of Jesus, an objective righteousness that is outside of us, that's his life and his victory for us that comes through faith by relying on what he did for us and submitting to that righteousness with a broken heart and repentance. It is the righteousness of Christ that is good enough for the judgment day because your righteousness is not good enough for the judgment day. It is not the righteousness of the church, as important as the church is. It is not the righteousness of good works or good morals or philanthropy or a hard-fought education, as important as all those things are. It is Christ's righteousness the church of Laodicea needs The Laodicean church is the church that thinks it is the hope of the world when in the book of Revelation in reality is holding up the second coming of Christ because it is naked without Christ, because it has closed the door to the fellowship that is necessary for him to come in and sup with them. 
Jesus stands at the door of the church of Laodicea. He knocks on the door of the Laodicean church, seeking to correct their ills. Revelation 3.14. To the angel of the church in Laodicea write, the words of the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of God's creation. Jesus is what the church of Laodicea needs. Jesus is what our church needs. Am I right? It's not me. We need Jesus. Not talking about him, really having him. The word amen comes from the word for truth in Hebrew. What is truth? I believe in the seventh-day Sabbath. But friend, there's a deeper truth in the Sabbath. It's Jesus, Christ our righteousness, the Lord of the Sabbath. The faithful and true witness Jesus is. He can speak to our heart and correct us of our ills. But if we minimize inspiration, and we don't believe that the Bible is the word of God and the testimony of Jesus given to us that points to it is from God, then we're not corrected by these interventions. We need the faithful and true witness. Jesus is the fire in the Bible, and the Bible is the testimony of Jesus, and God has given us light to bring us back to the Bible. Jesus is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. And so he is the focus of the call of the latest message. Verse 15, I know your works, he says. You're neither cold nor hot. Would that you were cold or hot. So because you're lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, now here's what Jesus is saying. I will spew you out of my mouth. You know, this idea that we cannot be rejected because we're the people of God is nonsense. We can be judged based on the Deuteronomic principle of the Old Testament, and we can be replaced if we are not faithful to God. He says, I will spew you out of your mouth if you do not repent. Now look at the next phrase. What I'm trying to say is that we cannot afford to be lazy Christians at the time of the end with biblical prophetic truth. We cannot afford to be anything less than zealous for the cause of God in our lifetime. But the Laodicean church has money and doesn't use it for the cause of God. It builds a future without investing it in the unreached areas of the earth as it can. And so the call is made. Verse 17, for you say I am rich, I have prospered, I need nothing, not knowing that you are wretched, pitiable, poor, blind, And here it is, naked. That's the problem that we see in the sixth plague. Jesus said, blessed is the one who is not naked. As long as Laodicea is naked, Laodicea is not blessed. Is that right? Not blessed. We need Christ our righteousness. Now the opposite of blessing is cursed. Verse 18, therefore, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined by fire that you may be rich. Peter tells us that our faith that is tested is more precious than gold. And white garments to clothe you and to keep the shame of your nakedness from being seen. Isaiah tells us that God's righteousness is a white robe, a gift. That God can put it on you. And God will see you just as he sees his son Jesus. And you won't have to come up with stuff to make yourself acceptable to God. God will accept you because of Jesus. We must put on the robe to be saved. We should glory in the cross of Christ because salvation is a glorious gift because Jesus is the gift in the robe. And salve, he says, to anoint your eyes that you may see. The Holy Spirit is I salve. And we need revival, real revival, not fake revival, real revival, to have the Spirit of God that brings Jesus to the church. Revival means repentance and turn to Christ with a whole heart, not a divided heart, a whole heart where our lives are lost in Christ for the salvation of men and women. Verse 19, those whom I love. Jesus loves the people of the Laodicean church. He loves them. He has held up the second coming because of the Laodicean church. Those whom I love, I reprove and chasten. 
So be zealous and repent. Pastor Michael Oxentenko will be back in just a moment. Reaching Your Heart is a listener-funded program. We step out in faith to purchase airtime on this station because we believe God is working through this radio ministry to touch tens of thousands of lives. Each of our messages is prayed over, biblical messages of hope and Bible truth. To continue, we need your support. We do not have a large ministry fundraising machine. We operate totally by faith. Call our toll-free number to make your contribution of any size today. That number is 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Here now, once again, Pastor Michael Oxentenko. When men in leadership, and I'm speaking here to myself, okay, refuse to lead in reforming the church with the practice of abortion and allows worldliness to slip into the church and does not stand in the gap to stop this. Men in leadership are afraid to speak about the evil of denigrating the Word of God and the spirit of prophecy in this church. Then we are in trouble, friend. We need the reproof that Jesus is here giving to the latest day in church. If you're a world leader, you're in a, a sacred position of trust. I'm not talking down to you. I'm admonishing you. And I'm admonishing myself and our whole church here. If you have not stood up for the cause of the unborn, then you need to be zealous and help this church repent because God will not pour His Holy Spirit out on the Seventh-day Adventist church until this evil in our hospital systems are corrected. And there is no longer any time to say, well, let some committee handle it. There needs to be a man of godly conscience stand up and call it what it is. Our church doesn't believe in this stuff. It's not something that we voted on in World Council. It is something that compromising men have brought into our hospitals, and they must bear our name no more if they cannot align with God's Word fully in this matter. And friend, God will not pour His Holy Spirit out on a church that sacrifices the unborn in its hospital system. The Laodicean church that refuses to repent is a harlot too. If it refuses to repent, it is a harlot too. And so what is the answer for this kind of problem? Here it is. Jesus is the answer. Jesus had suffered the little children to come unto me, for such is the kingdom of heaven. Verse 20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. The Greek says, I have been standing a long time at the door. It's a perfect verb. Knocking. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and eat with him and he with me. To have a real relationship with Jesus. He who conquers, I will grant him to sit with me on my throne as I myself conquered and sat down with my Father on his throne. God's throne will be planted at the summit of the Mount of Olives where the cross of Calvary hung. And we will sit there with the God of the universe and his Son. Verse 22, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says the churches. Sardis represents the post-Protestant church after the Reformation that failed to advance in the light of the Reformation. Laodicea is the last church with prophetic truth that came out of the great Advent awakening of the 1800s that just before the mark of the beast is naked and devoid of the righteousness of Christ because you can focus on truths and forget the one who is the truth. 
Jesus is saying, blessed are those who study Bible prophecy and are awake. And blessed are those who cling to the cross of Christ for righteousness that takes away their nakedness as they repent with a zealous kind of faith because the cross calls us to this kind of zeal. Friend, God will have a people on the last day who are obedient. They will not be legalists, but they will be obedient who love Jesus, who love the world he died to save. And they will be illumined with the glory of God's word, the light of God's word. And in holy array, the church of Laodicea will repent. And it will go forth as God's bride triumphant to prepare the world for the coming of Christ. Revelation 16, 16. And they assembled them, these demons, at the place which is called in Hebrew Armageddon. The seventh angel poured his bowl into the air. And a loud voice came out of the temple from the throne saying, It is done. Now, there are two times in the Bible when God said it is done, it is finished. The first was creation, when God rested on the seventh day from all his work. His Sabbath seventh day rest points to the rest that comes when we quit trying to work our way to heaven. The Sabbath is a sign of righteousness by faith. We rest in a finished work to live for God. We don't try to complete the work of God. We rest in God. And the second time was the cross of Calvary when Jesus died. As as the sun was setting, as Sabbath was approaching, he repeated the words of creation. It is finished. The language of the seventh day, the blessing. These are the two things, friends, that we need for the time of the end. You need the Sabbath of the fourth commandment to really follow and fellowship with Jesus because he's there waiting for you in the Sabbath. The Sabbath is the sign in the Bible. Just like the mark of the beast is a negative sign of the beast's power, the Sabbath is a sign. I gave them my Sabbath to be a sign, he says. The Sabbath points to Jesus. Did you hear me? It points to Jesus, who is the Lord of the Sabbath. It points to the rest of the gospel that Jesus provides. It points to the finished work of the creation power that Jesus instituted and the finished work of salvation that Jesus accomplished at the cross of Calvary. The mark of the beast points to the beast power that is the Antichrist power that claims to be the Lord of the earth and the whole kingdom system of the earth. It's antithetical to the Sabbath, to Christ. But the Sabbath without Jesus, now follow me, is an empty day. With Jesus, it is God's way of leading us into a deeper walk at the time of the end. Jesus said it is finished at the cross. He gave up his spirit so you can have it in your life. The church of Laodicea wants to work its way to heaven, but that can never be. I'm sorry, there's no perfectionism theology here. There is a theology in the Bible that we must rely on Jesus to be saved. The church of Laodicea boasts in what it does instead of who it knows. It glories in what it believes, and yet it fails to believe in him who is the glory. It relishes in its riches, but it fails to find the pearl of great price and the gold that is the wisdom of God unto salvation. Jesus said it is finished. You know, it's time to quit trying to prove ourselves to God and the world. A people committed to the Bible, a people committed to Christ and surrender of soul will share Jesus with gospel power. It's time to end the work of unbelief and to believe in his word, to believe in Jesus. When the heart is broken by the love of God at the cross of Calvary where Jesus died for me and you, where the eternal Son of God went to hell for us. Every baby ever born will be valuable to us. 
Every human being, no matter where they live, will be valuable to us. Every person from any race or background will be valuable to us. We will not be racist. We will not be this. We will value the gathering of God's people. And we will do what the early Christians did when they visited the trash heaps of the Roman world and they found those babies that were exposed to die and they saved them and raised them in the church. We will become ambassadors of mercy in our orphanages, in our homes. We'll become the good Samaritan of the earth for Christ's sake, not ours. And that righteous robe that is the blessing of God, will be given to us as a gift. But we'll focus on the giver and we'll focus on the glory of saving people for him. Revelation 19.7 says, Let us rejoice and exalt and give him the glory. For the marriage of the Lamb has come and his bride has made herself ready. It was granted to her to be clothed with fine linen, bright and pure. For the fine linen is the righteous deeds of the saints. And the angel said to me, write this, blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, these are true words of God. Dear heart, we live between the battle and the blessing. Choose the blessing and live. Choose Jesus and win the battle and go to glory. God bless you. Pastor Mike's message today was entitled The Battle and the Blessing, and you can find it online at reachingyourheart.com. That's reachingyourheart.com. And join us again next time when we get together for another edition of Reaching Your Heart. Are you fascinated by the prophecies of Revelation? Have you wished you could understand prophecy better? Do the symbols of the Bible's last book baffle you? God's Last Altar Call is just the book you need. Mark Finley clearly explains the events soon to unfold in this world. Be sure to call today for your copy, 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. The book is yours for a donation of any size. Thank you for your generosity. Your donations keep this ministry on the air. Again, thank you for your support, 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. From everybody here at Reaching Hearts Ministries, we want you to know that we do pray that God is reaching your heart.